up. Oh, I made it. I know. Look at you in your new digs. New podcast room. Woo woo. She, she made it, everybody. She made it. Uh, living out of boxes right now, but Kay came over and we made sure we got the desk set up and the lamps and the microphones and computers. All the necessities that you need for the new house. Priorities. <laughs> Priorities, people. Sorry, we have not hooked up the wash and dryer and the clothes are not cleaned. Uh, priorities, people. Okay. Priorities. Do you hear that, guys? She puts you guys before her laundry. That is dedication. <laughs> Sadly, I'm not um there with low to record for the first time in the new pod room. Um, we're doing it over Zoom, but one day soon we'll be reunited in the podcast room to record. <laughs> and it'll feel so good. Right. <laughs> We'll sing that song. That'll be the intro to that episode, whatever that episode may be. <laughs> so anything fun, cool, heard, you want to talk about, update, tell people? My life is so boring. I feel like the past month I've been like, not really. <laughs> I'm like, nothing really new is happening. Um, well, I, we can tell my fun story. Yeah. Um, you have the exciting life right now, so you go ahead. It wasn't that exciting. So... Kay came over. She helped me uh, move some stuff in and we, I split my time. She helped me. She helped my daughter. She helped a little bit of everybody, you know, different rooms. Husband got tired, decided he's going to bed. So good night. Daughter, I don't know how fast she crashed or whatever. I walk Crystal out to say goodbye because, you know, new house and at this house, when I say it's darker around here, it's darker around here. Like there are like, no city lights. There's like no pitch lights. black. <laughs> so I was like, all right. And it's an attached garage. So I wanted to close it, you know, behind her after she left. And so I walk her out. We give her hugs. We say goodbye. I turn around and um, the house is a little older. So we do have to do some updates. And one of them is it doesn't have an automatic garage right now. You have to manually open and close it so I close it and I go to go in the house and it's locked and I'm like no effing way I'm pushing on it then I run the door and I'm trying to lift up the garage and it sticks and I couldn't get it open and I'm freaking out I'm like oh my god finally I got it and I'm like running to Crystal's car scared the crap out of her she like you know almost karate chops me through the window <laughs> and uh yeah we ended up having to uh call my husband and wake him up after he went to sleep I'm like hi so I'm just like sitting outside because can't get in oh my god and because we tried calling your daughter I tried I think I called her phone like literally a million times um and so then she had nine missed calls when I went upstairs I opened her door and she's laying there watching friends on my laptop and I'm like what are you doing what and like we called you like 10 times I was locked outside you did? I'm like, yes. <laughs> oh, my phone's on vibrate and I had it face down. So I couldn't hear it. I'm like, oh my I, God. I'm like, whatever. I'm going to bed. This day is over. <laughs> Good night. And you probably passed out as soon as you laid down, I'm sure. Oh yeah. 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 Sure. yeah I was like, I was like, oh, I know she's awake, but I know she talked about like watching something on your laptop that night. So I'm like, she's probably watching it and distracted so that when you said we had to call your husband to wake him up I made I gave the phone to low I'm like you do it 
I'm like, I don't Luckily, want to do he that. was he wasn't as grumpy as I thought he would have been. So that's good. Okay, it worked <laughs> out. You got back in the house. But yeah, you actually scared me when you came back to the car because I watched the garage, like I watched you close it. And then I was like putting on my GPS and my music and whatever, like just getting ready to leave. And then all of a sudden there's a person right next to my freaking window. And I'm like, what? Uh, It's crazy. And when I say it's dark, like we even went back to look at my daughter's window to like, you know, do old school, you know, I don't know, throw a rock, something. And her light was off and I'm walking back. And when I tell you a little branch from a tree hit me in the face. And I did like 16 karate chops and hayas and spins and roundhouse kicks. <laughs> and then Chris was like, it's, it's just a branch from the tree. It's okay. I sadly was looking at my phone <sighs> like right before this happened. So I didn't have time to warn her like, oh, watch out for that branch that's hanging down. But I did see your ginormous flinch like and, and it was huge and I I understood because I would have been the same way if that happened to me if you listened to our show last week you would know or maybe it was two weeks ago where we talked about the spider we found in the basement yeah so you would I, know why the flinching was happening then yeah, so I still have a little bit of you know like some side effects from that yeah some PTSD were not over the spider <laughs> the spider still haunts us so Anyways, um, what up, homie Dax? Shout out, Dax. What, what? What's up? And uh, Crystal, tell the world what we're enjoying tonight. Tonight, along with each other's great company, we are enjoying <laughs> a can um, of the Crown Royal Whiskey Lemonade. Now, Lo has introduced me to quite a few whiskey flavors at this point uh, because never myself have been a whiskey girl, but I've liked a few of them. I haven't liked all of them. I like the peanut butter. Um, I liked the, there was like a berry one, uh, blackberry. blackberry. That was a hit. Even yes. uh, Lisa Moore. Woo-woo. Shout out. Um, she was like, uh, can I have a couple more like little glasses of that? So the blackberry, um, I think it was by, is it Bird Dog? Pretty sure. I think I butchered the name last time I tried saying it. I called it like Yard Dog or something like that, but I'm pretty sure it's the Bird Dog one. Either way, um, that one is quite the hit. Yeah. The Um, apple one was okay. I think it was green apple maybe, but the peach doesn't sit well with me. And that's just some PTSD trauma from my teenage years. That's the only reason why. And that's all I'll say on that. But this lemonade one, I'm a fan. So I do like this one. It's, it's just very crisp. So yes. like today when I was 85 and I'm sitting outside chilling, I'm not going to lie. I had one before I started the show and I'm having my second one now. Hey, you go girl. Um, so um, it was nice. It was kind of refreshing. It's not um, the lemonade's not overpowerful. The whiskey's not overpowerful. It's like the perfect combo mix. Yeah. And I would say it's like, super light because sometimes whiskey can just be like I don't even know how to describe it but like it can just like burn my throat alive but this is very nice like very very nice touch of it just very light so so Cronwell if you're listening there's your beautiful ad yes there's your plug um next time (laughs) sponsor us (laughs) we've been in contact with a couple of different 
wine companies and they have yet to offer us anything but one day <laughs> they're listening yes definitely it's just who's gonna get us first stella barefoot saint julian come on yeah they're all in the running all three of those um we're all we're like friends now like come on guys <laughs> <laughs> we like have talked <laughs> all right crystal take us down uh Oh my God, I'm an idiot. I'm like sitting there trying to scroll down and it's your scroll. Oh, it's my Oh, I told you I was uh, two cans in. <laughs> All right, I wish I could see you try. <laughs> Crystal's going to take us down a uh, something. She's taking us somewhere. So that's somewhere. Oh. Somewhere we are going indeed. Um, I don't think it's over the rainbow. So. No, it for sure is not over the rainbow or anywhere near a rainbow. Um, I will say before we begin, um, the stories, like, I mean, all the stories we do are like really sad. This one's just really sad um, for a few different reasons. And as we get into it, you know, you guys will hear and I'll talk more about it, but also it's just really messed up and it can get a little bit a teeny bit graphic um at some point so just beware of that um so yeah i guess oh. a little disclaimer there before we start some trigger warnings yeah i mean it's nothing like i mean it's insane but it's not you know what i mean it's like a subtle insane so today's story is about a girl named lavina johnson which is a little backstory on Lavina. She grew up in Florissant, Missouri to parents, Dr. John Johnson, who was a service veteran and Linda Johnson, um, along with her four other siblings. Lavina was like super into school. She was on the honor roll. She was really, really smart. Um, you know, she had ambitions to go to college. She just had really big ambitions, um, for her future. And, worked really hard to achieve those. Um, Now, after high school, Lavina enlisted in the United States Army to earn money for college. And her family had no issue paying for school at all. Like they were going to pay for her college. But Lavina wanted to go out of state for school um, to California. And she wanted to study the movie industry. So if you know going to college out of state is like even extra expensive, like more expensive than going in state, which is already ridiculously expensive. So she just, you know, her family could afford to like send her somewhere where they live, but California was kind of a little bit more pricey. Um, So Lavina wanted to just earn some more money. And of course, joining the army, they, you know, help fund some of those college uh, tuitions. And also her father had previously served. um, So she kind of just wanted to continue the family tradition and, um, you know, follow in her father's footsteps. So while in the army, Lavina became a private first class in the United States Army and was stationed in Balad, Iraq. She had been there for about seven to eight weeks, probably. And 
she was working in the communications building. And while she was in there, she wrote and called home frequently just to update her parents and talk to them and tell her them about like her experience. It was a little bit easier for her to get in touch with her family because she was working in the communications department. So made it a little bit easier to do some phone calls there. But she did also write a lot of letters. Early letters that she had sent home She kind of had mentioned some issues with rude and disrespectful soldiers around her, particularly the men, not even particularly like only like I'm talking about the men, Um, the men soldiers around her. She says that they would call her and other female soldiers, female warriors, which might sound nice, but they weren't like saying it in a nice way. And then they would call them souls which I guess means half of a soldier, basically just say like degrading them because they're women, like saying that they aren't, you know, as good of soldiers as them because they're men. Hate that, but that's kind of what was going on um, around her at that time, which makes me so mad because I just feel like, I mean, I've never been in the army, but I feel like you, you, everyone should like band together because you're all in the same position and you're all there together they were all in Iraq and for them to just like kind of tear other people down who were there with them just kind of makes me sick like just because they were women like they gave up just as much as you did to be there probably more if they have family or kids at home it's harder for I'm not saying it's hard for a dad to be away but I feel like it's harder for the mother to be away Yeah, definitely not easy at all. And then to be like already sad about being away from family and then to be torn down by people that are supposed to support you while you're there also, like it just, it's just horrible. And you're all there for the same reason, which is to protect the country and serve for your country. So on July 14th, 2005, Lavina was um, on the phone with her dad one day and she was working in the communications building. And while she was in there, there was some soldiers that were in there with her and they were being rude and they were not listening to her. She was telling them like they needed to leave and get out of the building because it was closing at that time. And they just were ignoring her and just totally not listening to her at all, basically brushing her off and staying in the building, even though it was her job to tell them, you know, the building's closing, you have to get out. So the general had showed up and had to kick them all out himself. And of course, you know, they listened to him. Um, And instead of being upset with the soldiers for like not listening to Lavina, the general got upset with Lavina because he says she was not being stern enough with them. He says like, oh, you're too soft-spoken. No one's going to listen to you. Uh, Basically, the way he was speaking to her was pretty disrespectful and just kind of talking down to her when she was the one doing her job. And those other soldiers were the ones not listening again. I don't know if it was because she was a woman probably, but that just really bothers me. Um, And Lavina was like I said, on the phone with her dad and her dad was really upset. He was saying, you know, a general shouldn't have been speaking to a private like that. You know, he had been through this process before he was in the army um, and he just knew that that wasn't the way that she should have been spoken to by the general. So her dad was pretty pissed off and he kind of was like trying to convince Lavina to get a battle buddy. And now a battle buddy is like 
someone that just like has your back, you know, you kind of like commit to each other for having each other's backs, protecting each other. Like, you know, you're my battle buddy. We're going to protect each other, basically. Um, However, she told her dad that she didn't feel comfortable even asking anyone to do that or to, you know, be her battle buddy. She didn't want to look weak or draw more attention, which I kind of get, you know, she was already a target and being looked down on for being a woman. So I get like her nervousness, I guess, about even asking someone to do that because she doesn't want to look even more weak than they viewed her. But her dad kind of insisted. He basically said, you know, he was going to, I don't know, make calls or write in. If she didn't get one, he was going to find a way to get her somebody like on her side. Oh, my God. At that point, I would just make a name up. I know. Dad, right? please, please don't call dad. Please don't call. Right. Honestly, like I, I that's so true. I'd be like, um, yeah, I talked to this person and they're cool with that. So <laughs> we got each other's back. Right. From this day forward, Crystal, we will be battle buddies. Yes, we yes, we have been and we will be battle buddies forever. (laughs) I don't know if we should say that because is that disrespectful since we're not like in the army? Um, No, because I have life battles that I got to deal with. Okay, same. So husband and children. (laughs) I don't have either of those, but still, we will be battle buddies till the end. Later, um, kind of in this story, it was revealed that Lavina had been sexually assaulted by someone there. And at that time, she was being treated for an STD. Um, and she, you know, didn't want any of her family to know or anyone there to know. She kind of kept it private and not much info or anything happened with this. Like nobody got in trouble. It was never really revealed who it was. Um, I don't know if that's, I mean, it was revealed later. So I don't know if Lavina tried to speak up and like tell on this person and they just kind of like covered it up or what happened, but basically, basically not much happened and nobody got in trouble for this. And that's kind of another thing is like, maybe she just really had big trust issues there. I mean, obviously it sounds like she was not having a great experience clearly And so maybe this whole battle buddy idea thing freaked her out because she didn't, you know, trust anybody or really want to be close to anybody, especially after something like that happening. Yeah, it's hard not to blame her. I mean, everybody's going to be skeptical of anybody and everybody, you know, at the end of the day, she probably felt like she can really depend on and trust nobody but themselves. You know, you do go to your general or lieutenant or whoever's above you. And they're going to say, you know what, this isn't kindergartner, suck it up. You know, like, what do you want me to do about it? Like, get over it. That They're not going to, like, fix it for her, you know? Yeah, it's it's sad, honestly. So fast forward a few days on July 17th, 2005, Lavina made another phone call to her parents and it was a really good phone call. She had great news. You know, she told them that she was going to be coming home early for Christmas. Um, She was looking forward to, you know, decorating the tree, spending time with all her family, doing all the traditional Christmas things that they always did. And her mother 
recalled her just being her usual bubbly self during this conversation, you know, just being so excited to be able to come home early for Christmas, especially I'm sure extra excited with not only being in Iraq, but then dealing with the assholes all around her. However, a couple of days after this call, the Johnson family received a visit from a soldier and he was there to tell them that Lavina had died. Now, her family was super like confused at first because she was in Iraq, but she was working in the communications building. She wasn't like out there fighting. You know what I mean? She wasn't on the forefront. Um, So they were like, what do you mean? Like, how did this, how could this happen? You know, completely stunned and shocked, obviously. And the soldier that was there kind of alluded that Lavina had taken her own life, which struck her family even more as unusual because they literally had just spoken to her days before and nothing seemed to have warranted her taking her own life. You know, they said that she seemed super happy and super excited to come home for Christmas. And she was her being really bubbly and just like they said nothing seemed off with her at that point. So they were just more confused than ever. Now, as more information came in about Lavina's death, her parents started to kind of just get a clearer picture of the events that transpired the day that she died. So Lavina had gotten off work sometime between 4 and 5 p.m., And she had a physical training appointment afterwards, but she never made it to that appointment. The army claimed that Lavina had met up with a male soldier who she hung out with for approximately four hours in his room. And then both went to the shopping area to pick up some items before the two went their separate ways. And at 1.20 a.m., her body was found in a contractor's tent in her physical training clothes, in a pool of blood with her hand covering her face. And next to her body was an M16 rifle and some scattered papers. Now, I don't know. It never says why she was in a contractor's tent. Um, Nothing really ever came from that. Um, So I don't really know the situation with the location, Um, After an autopsy was done, they officially ruled Lavina's death as a suicide, the army did, and they claimed that she was upset that her boyfriend of two months had broken up with her and that she burned letters from him and then committed suicide by firing an M16 automatic rifle into her mouth. The army recommended that the family have a closed casket funeral. But the Johnson family decided to do an open casket funeral instead. And good thing they did because it was here where they began to see several discrepancies with the army's version of what happened of her committing suicide. Shocker. Right? For one, Lavina's nose looked like it had been broken It was like shifted to the side, but it also looked like someone tried kind of moving it back into place. Her teeth were loose and her lips were cut. The only sign of a gunshot wound was a small bullet hole on the left side of her head. 
and she was right-handed, but the army told them that she had shot herself in the mouth. So nothing's, that's not adding up, clearly. Like, she wouldn't have punched herself in the face, broken her own nose, like, loosened her teeth, cut her lips. And they said that she shot herself in the mouth, yet she had a gunshot in the side of her head. Um, The entry wound also looked like it came from a nine millimeter, um, which was not included in the report, but later it came to light. Um, And apparently nine millimeter is not compatible with an M16 rifle. Um, And an M16 rifle is like a huge gun. And she was a five foot one girl. So pretty darn short. And realistically, her this short girl using this giant gun trying to shoot herself in the head it would just it would make it really difficult to try and like angle it that way not only that but now excuse me if I sound ignorant because I am when it comes to guns but an m16 rifle um I would assume you put that thing in your mouth and you shoot it it's gonna blow off if not your whole face, at least the whole bottom half of your face, correct? I am also not very knowledgeable <laughs> when it comes to like gun types, but I feel like I would be on the same page with your theory because if it's like this giant gun that's used in the military, like you would, and she shot, if she shot it supposedly in her mouth, yeah, I feel like it would like blow out her mouth. Like I feel like her mouth wouldn't be like intact anymore so I don't think you're I definitely don't think you're off with uh with that theory but also I don't know much about guns so if we are way off feel free to email us and correct us we will not be offended yeah no teach us uh (laughs) let us know um so yeah this is smelling like a cover-up to me um Fishy, 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 fishy. Yes. Oh my gosh. Now there's even more weirdness. Like it doesn't stop there. Lavina's gloves had been glued onto her hands, like literally glued onto her hands. And that is not a normal protocol at all. Like they don't do that for soldiers who die. They don't glue their gloves onto their hands. Um, And when Lavina's dad finally got his hands on the autopsy report months later, he discovered yet even more suspicious information. I have to pause really quick, though, before I say the other stuff. Something that I kind of I read and then I kind of agree with, like, is a theory of why they glued her gloves to her hands. Like, maybe I don't know if there was like DNA under her like fingernails or if someone tried to like burn her hands or something like that because it's just super weird and specific why they would glue her gloves onto her hands yeah that I've never heard that one before so that is kind of a very suspicious thing um yeah there must have been some kind of evidence that they were trying to or they didn't want to match the gun that they claimed like fingerprint wise if they can't get the gloves off. They can't test their fingers for prints. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. There's honestly like so many possibilities with that because it's just so strange and like so specific. So more suspicious information was uncovered. Um, her father discovered that no rape kit was done 
and no fingernail scrapings were ever taken like at all. They didn't even attempt to like take them. Um, It was evident that the medical examiner who conducted the autopsy had pretty much already determined that the cause of death was a suicide, like basically before he even did the autopsy, which is just like super suspicious because it's like, it's like he did it on purpose or like someone told him to say that it was a suicide when clearly there's a ton of evidence that they didn't even check and like weird things going on, like with her body that wouldn't be included in a suicide. Um, so just yeah. even more like weird cover-up things going on. I've determined that the medical examiner is a tool bag. I concur with your determination <laughs> because what the hell? I feel like that's like medical examination 101. You do a rape kit, you check underneath the fingernails because- yeah. Hello. But, you know, as shady as it is, money can talk. True. Sad, but true. So at this point, you know, the family was furious. They obviously knew something more was going on, and they decided to hire their own criminal investigator to look into the case. Um, And after months of back and forth with the army, they were finally given all of the case documents. So with her family being given these case documents, they obviously got a lot more information. So kind of like we touched on before, the gunshot wound was inconsistent with suicide. Lavina's father, like I kind of mentioned before, he didn't believe that his five foot one daughter's arms were long enough to pull the trigger of an M16, like even cradled between her legs, which was described in the Army's report. There was also no gunpowder found at all. Um, The army said that they did not do a rape kit because it did not look like there was any evidence of a struggle. Even though there was no suicide note, no recovered bullet, no significant gunshot residue on her hands, and there was a trail of blood found outside of the tent, And additionally, bloody footprints were discovered outside of her living quarters. But yet they still want to say that it's a suicide. Like what? She just got up and walked and then went back in. Like, yeah, because there is a struggle and that is with me. Um, Hi, I'm struggling to understand how they came up with that. There is no struggle. Right. Like it, it just it just makes them look stupid to me. There was a thing going around saying that the soldier that went to her family's house to tell them that she had died, like, he's the one who said that it was a suicide. Like, he just said it out of when her, like, her family was asking how she died, like, how did this happen? That he just kind of was like, immediately like, uh, uh, it was a suicide. Like, like, as if he panicked and just kind of like chose that as the reasoning. And then they kind of had to stick with that as being the reasoning because he told them that and they were like trying to like cover it up and make it seem like a suicide as much as they can when clearly there's a ton of like things going against that theory (laughs) the army claims that she was depressed and unstable days before her death um they're sticking with that it was a suicide and they closed the case 
Now, in the documents that her family received for the investigation, there was this page that like didn't really fit with the rest of them. Like it stuck out. Um, it was a Xerox copy of a CD-ROM. Now, this is super strange and like it just really stuck out to the family because it, it didn't fit in with the rest of the documents. And, you know, some people say that it was an accident, that it was, you know, just placed in there an accident. But the family really believes that it was someone within the army trying to, like, give them a hint of the truth. So the family obviously started fighting to receive this CD-ROM like they obviously were like we need this because this clearly has something on it that is going to be useful to actually figure out what happened to Lavina um now the army said back to them that they needed to take them to court to get the cd like that they were basically not going to give it to them if they wanted any chance of getting that cd they would need to be taken to court um apparently they say they can't give it to them because of privacy issues with other people's names being on this CD-ROM. Um, and the army would not budge. Uh, they said the only way you could get it is if you lawyer up. So her family took it a step further and went to Congress, specifically Lacey Clay, and fought super hard to get the CD-ROM. It actually took two years to finally get a hold of it. So her family had to wait two years to get this piece of information. Now on the CD-ROM, it had original photos of the scene of the crime in color. And there were just a ton of photos of the entire process, like after her death, I guess, like the scene of the crime before the autopsy, during the autopsy, just basically a photo trail and of like the step-by-step process that they took within finding her and like all of that. These photos basically proved that she did not kill herself. So in these photos on her body, you could see that she had bruising and cuts all around her, like basically that like she had been struck with an object. You could see that her elbow had been popped out of place as well. On her backside, it was just completely covered with like dirt and debris. The photos also showed that her nose was broken. She had a black eye, missing teeth, loose teeth. um, And also she had some type of corrosive liquid that had been poured into her genitals, most likely to destroy any DNA evidence. Oh, shit. So she was put like through the ringer. This is just, it's just awful. All the things that they saw on these photos, which clearly are not consistent with a suicide. Um, There's even more. She had burn marks on her hands, bruising on her stomach. Like the bruising kind of looked like it would have been like people or maybe just one person, I don't know, like kicking her in the stomach. Like that's what the bruising was consistent with. And yeah, her private regions had acid poured into them. Um, Burn burn marks on her hands that would answer the question of why you gluing the gloves on. Right. But at that point, like you've done so much to her and put her through so much. 
like covering her hands at that point is like a drop in the bucket like what's the freaking point like clearly there's so much more evidence that covering up her hands it's not gonna matter and it just makes it sick to know that the army told the family like oh you should have a closed casket because it's so insane if they did have a closed casket funeral to this day they might have thought that she committed suicide you know what i mean they would have not seen all of these other signs that were just visible in the casket you know and they wouldn't have uncovered all of this information and sadly there's even more it also shows that her tongue her anus and part of her vagina were cut out um i know and the material that kind of was used um in her genitals it's a material called wound stat and it hardens over open wounds to stop bleeding um so you know people believe that it was placed there to stop bleeding but mainly to cover up any dna evidence that may have been left and to make it pretty much impossible to test for any dna now lavina's father john johnson he believes that his daughter was assaulted and killed and her crime scene was staged to look like a suicide to cover up for somebody on that base with probably a high rank or some sort of prestige because i doubt they would have gone to this much trouble for you know just someone in a lower ranking um so he really believes that someone higher up did this or was a part of this killing of his daughter Now, a spokesman from the House Armed Services Committee said that the committee was looking into Johnson's death, um, but they were not yet committing to a formal investigation in June 2008. Christopher Gray, uh, who was chief of public affairs for the U.S. Criminal Investigative Command for the Army, has said that the case remains closed as far as they are concerned. (laughs) So they're just really trying to keep this tight as tightly closed as possible and they're trying to do everything to not get it reopened following a february 2007 kmov news report on johnson's death an online petition addressed to the house armed services committee and the senate armed services committee was launched um, and it closed with 37,319 supporters this was followed by the creation of an official Lavina Johnson website dedicated to developments in prompting any new army investigation of her death. Um, the petition closed on May 24th, 2008 with nearly 12,000 signatures and preparations are being made for delivery to the two committees. And in July, the online black activist group color of change launched another online petition calling on Henry Waxman, who is chair of the house oversight committee to conduct a hearing into Lavina Johnson's death and the army's handling of her case and others like it to this day, nothing really hasn't changed in this case, which is just sad because it kind of just like goes to show, you know, if you're in power, you can, you know, get away with lots of things. And uh, it's really hard to uncover, uncover the bad things that some people in power do. And also on July 19th, 2011, 
Um, the criminal justice students in the Cold Case Investigative Research Institute, um, which is run as a student club by three universities, they selected Lavina's case as their case for investigation. And this CCIRI's crime scene recon reconstruction aimed to help shed light on this case that I guess at the time attracted, you know, obviously worldwide attention. Now, the CCIRI investigation did not agree with or dispute the Army's findings, which is so wild to me. So Cheryl McCollum of the Cold Case Investigative Research Institute, she calls the case gut-wrenching. And she says that the Institute normally spends one year on a case, but they spent three years on the Lavina Johnson case. In a phone interview with St. Louis Public Radio, McCollum said that she faults the Army for poor communication, but she does not disagree with its conclusion. That's insane. They spent three years on this case, but she doesn't disagree with them saying it was a suicide, yet her nose was broken. Her teeth were loose. She had dirt all over her back. She had this chemical poured into her private areas. She looked like she That's had been That's what every kicked. woman does. I'm going to kill myself by starting with poisoning my vajayjay. Right. Like, what? That makes no sense. I'm thinking, I'm like, did this then lady- I'm going to burn it so it seals itself back up. Yeah, like she literally was like punching herself before she shot herself. Like, I'm like, did this lady get paid off? Because I don't understand. How did they spend three years investigating this case and then have no conclusion? <laughs> like no conclusion at all, except, oh, I don't necessarily disagree with the Army's findings. Like what? Either money or fear, one of the two. Honestly, that's what I'm thinking because I it just makes absolutely no sense to me. So she continues on saying the problem is number one, the way the notification happened and the lack of information given to that family fast enough. There was nothing about this case that we could go back to the army to say, you need to relook at it. She said, we didn't have anything new. We didn't have anything that suggested wrongdoing. I'm so confused. Like I, I just like was on Google and I found all this information out yet. They don't have enough information to say that there was any wrongdoing. I mean, I don't know. I'm speechless. Same. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what I need. Right. Um, Isn't it like just mind boggling? Like, it's like, what? I don't, tr I truly don't understand. There's so many things wrong with this case. So either this McCollum is fucking idiot like to the core or she's just a tool bag like the rest of them and decided that I'll take a paycheck and shut my mouth which makes her despicable as the people that did it exactly like I I would rather her just be an idiot than be another asshole because I don't know like it's just so crazy that all of that was found out yet she She's saying no wrongdoing. Um, but yeah, that's just th that institution and that woman. I don't know. Um, there's also a documentary film about Lavina Johnson's family struggle for justice. Uh, it was made in 2010 and it is titled Lavina Johnson, The Silent Truth. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch this, but I definitely 
want to take the time to watch this one day because I'm just so invested. Um, and, you know, the Johnsons are definitely not the only family fighting this issue. There are lots of families out there, like several who have lost daughters in the military due to mysterious deaths and quote suicides. Um, and, you know, in, in a lot of the cases, they're left with questions not answered. There's like conclusions that don't make any sense to them. And really just like the lifelong fight of not having any answers and not having the truth from the military. So um, it's just really sad that they have all these cover-ups going on, you know, supposedly I have to say, but um, it's just like, you know, people give up their lives to go fight in the army and be a part of it. And there's just going to be horrible human beings in it that, you know, kill their fellow soldiers and then try to cover it up. It's just disgusting. So yeah, my heart goes out to the Johnson family. They're still left with so many unanswered questions and nobody's budging. They're really not getting a lot of help. And um, it's just really sick, honestly, that that Lavina had to go through that, but that so many people like are a part of this like big cover-up situation. Yeah, I mean, I'm thankful that she obviously had a dad that knows military. So that's definitely a good thing. But also a dad that knows that something is not right and loved his daughter so, so much that he's just, he didn't stop fighting. He probably won't stop fighting. Um, And it's just sad that even with his military background, there's no connections big enough to help him. I know the justice for his daughter. That is sad. I didn't even think about it in that aspect. Like he was a part of the military as well. So you'd think that someone there would give him an ounce of respect and be like, listen, this is the truth, you know, but everybody's just hiding behind whoever this person is that did this. Um, so yeah, just really gut-wrenching story, horrible. Um, and just like disgusting overall. Um, I do want to shout out. I got this from, I got this information from Hue and Cry Web Wiki and Bailey Sarian. Yeah, um, that is today's story. Very big downer. Yes, I, I pray that somewhere along the way, the parents find the justice for Lavena. Um, it's sad and terrible and I couldn't imagine the anger and the sadness that they hold inside of them knowing that they could not get justice for their daughter. Yeah. And it just kills me to think that just like a few days before this all happened, before she died, that she called them being so excited to like come home for Christmas. You know, it just makes it even that more heartbreaking, honestly. Oh, absolutely. And you know, it's probably, she probably was had a little bit of depression, you know, from everything that was going on, but you know, she, she found it in her to find that excitement, you know, to come home. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, um, 
thanks creepers and creepies for listening and logging in again and we are grateful and thankful for all you guys yes thank you guys so much for listening um if you know anything more about this case or if you have any other cases you want us to cover, you know, email us at horrorwineandcrime at gmail.com or hit us up on any of the social medias. We'd love to hear from you. And we are praying and saying thank you. And we're grateful to all of our military women and men out there that are fighting this battle because Lord knows today it is a battle they are going through. So thank you to all our soldiers out there. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for your service. It's uh, it's crazy out there. So I can't even imagine. But yeah, um, we will see you guys next week with uh, with another. Actually, no, next week is our one year anniversary. <laughs> one year horror anniversary. So next week, um, we will be talking about some stories, but we're going to do it in a little bit of a different format, um, but it'll be exciting and it'll be fun. Yes, definitely. So tune in for that. Yes, absolutely. Because we might be talking about something that you missed in the past, may touch on a story that you never heard of or didn't realize that we did. And then we can uh, let you know to go back and listen pique your interest on uh, some something you might not have listened to before absolutely so well um i usually have like a cool little trivia question for you um but some of my stuff is still packed <laughs> that's okay <laughs> we understand <laughs> we will allow it <laughs> hopefully by next week i will be more on my a game and yes i know there's google and internet i could have came up with a question but <laughs> when i say that i slid into my seat and got ready to record like by the time we discussed i was just like Whew, made it girl you're good no worries at all <laughs> we will hit you guys with the trivia next time <laughs> and we'll make it extra juicy <laughs> Oh, man, no pressure there. Huh? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, I'm going to go and check on the kids, which I think are playing Xbox. And the husband, last I checked, was tearing down wallpaper. I know that sounds kind of like, ooh, but let me tell you, it gets me in my feels to see this wallpaper go. I'm very excited about that. So. I know you are. <laughs> we were sitting in actually the podcast room when I was over there. and. Ula was just like sitting on the ground and she was just looking out into the like the hallway area and she just goes there's so much wallpaper <laughs> it was so funny but I tell you they even wallpapered like the poles that you hang your clothes on <laughs> my god they wallpapered that like it's like a like a Christmas roll inside the store <laughs> they were Showing dedicated wallpapers <laughs> in my walk-in closet there's like a board wallpapered board like everything is wallpaper so much wallpaper uh, previous owners uh big fans uh big fans of the wallpaper i see <laughs> so, but uh okay well now that Stay- you've uh listened to my my struggles and my grievance <laughs> all right well on that note we got to go stay creepy y'all we'll s- catch you next time
Adios, amigos. Bye. Bye.